Estimate Rocket is proud to sponsor this APC podcast. Chasing down invoices, dealing with difficult customers, answering employee questions, and worrying about the competition undercutting your prices can make it seem that you'll never be able to take a vacation again. When you implement Estimate Rocket, everyone in your business can be on the same page. Jobs run more smoothly, costs are controlled, and every job is more profitable, no matter whether you're in the office or on the beach. Getting started is easy, and with their industry-best painting templates, you can hit the ground running, leaving more time for little Susie and less time battling the competition. Even better, Estimate Rocket offers a 30-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose except all that stress. Visit EstimateRocket.com today to find out how to spend less time dealing with the hassle and more time doing what you love. EstimateRocket.com Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. Yeah, Paint Radio, I'm Andrew, Emily's here, and Emily, we're doing a series. We don't do a ton of series. I mean, we've got the Mission Vacation series of podcasts, of course, but this was, as most things are, this was your brainchild, talking to contractors based on the size of their company so that we can give sort of a a slice of life of what their business is like. And so we're following up. This is, I guess, number two in that series. We had the one where we talked to the smaller shops, you know, one, two, three people on the team. Um, and now we're moving up to uh, the five to ten. So with the smaller, you know, that's perfect for like your solo or your tandem sports. If you're thinking about putting together like a, a company team, you can do cornhole, you can do bocce, maybe badminton. But now, Emily, moving up to the five to ten, now we're looking at team sports, right? We can have a basketball team, maybe with a deep bench, maybe a volleyball, baseball. Not quite yet to the rugby cricket team size, right, Emily? Is this you and I, of course, didn't discuss this podcast before now, so I'm not exactly sure we're on the same page. But is this what we're going for? How to gauge and assess which intramural sports would be best suited for your company? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yes. You know, I often think in terms of sports. <laughs> would you prefer I was just to thinking, play? How many people are on a basketball team? I actually don't know. <laughs> Emily's favorite phrase. I love the sports teams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> are you currently playing cricket or rugby? Neither. Oh my goodness. Well, it is wintertime. So that's, you get a pass, but uh, <laughs> we're excited to talk to contractors because that's why we exist here at APC. So let's get started again, talking to contractors who have businesses with five to 10 employees. And we're joined by three such people today, beginning with Lauren Fink of Apex Painting in Michigan. Lauren, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad you're here. We also have Chris Mole of Mr. Mole's Painting in Bemidji, Minnesota. Chris, welcome aboard. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And last and absolutely not least, Chad Turpin of Turpin's Painting in lovely Evansville, Indiana, not Illinois. Chad, welcome back, man. How are we doing? Appreciate you having me. We're doing well. We're doing well. Thanks for... uh Sharon, just a, like I said, a slice of life about your business. This is like a podcast networking event, hearing how other people run their business to get some good ideas, some new ideas 
things you maybe been thinking about, but you just need a little bit of a push. Our guests are here to kick you off the fence and push you in the right direction. So let's start, Lauren, with you. If you could just briefly describe your business, the type of work you do, when, how you got started, that type of thing. Sure. So I started Apex Painting a year and a half ago, and I'm a crazy entrepreneur. That's kind of the best way to sum up why this happened. And I love the paint trade so much. I had no idea that getting in, I would be a part of the coolest trade in the country. I really just wanted a really awesome small business that filled an important need. And in my area, it was painting. So I didn't come in with any prior professional painting experience. And I hired professional painters. And I knew that my vision was to be an incredible customer service business that provided painting. We now have eight full-time painters. I have a full-time salaried project manager. I have a full-time salaried administrator. And I have me. I'm the whole sales department. You're doing residential work? What are you doing? Residential repaint is about 60% of our work. 30% of our work roughly is historic commercial repaint and some regular commercial repaint. I'd say light commercial. And then about 10% is new construction. Nice. Excellent. Thank you. Chris in Bemidji, tell us about the work you do, the, the employees, and so on and so forth. Yes, sir. So Mr. Most Painting LLC, we're a custom residential interior exterior painting business with commercial kicker, like 5% commercial. We'll have five employees out in the field, plus myself, my wife in the office. She does all scheduling, client relations, job costing, payroll, paying vendors, all the back-end important stuff. Nice. Chad. Give us the details. Turpin's painting. So I uh, started uh, 2010. Me, myself, personally, uh, was just looking for some more freedom, job security. That's how I got into the trade. Noticed that there's not, we got more union companies around town, around town, and they don't tend to go after a lot of the residential work. So I kind of seen an open in the market there. So I had been a union painter and actually got out when our economy kind of took a little twist and turn in 2008. So went back to school, actually got an opportunity working for a realtor and just kind of started acquiring business from there. Now we have nine full-time painters, uh, administrative person here in the office, accountant that does all of our payroll, and myself who does uh, a lot of the hiring, firing, estimates, selling, things like that. So, but yeah, we do roughly... Uh, most of ours is residential repaint. We also do commercial repaints and a little bit of new construction. I would say roughly about 10% new commercial and uh, residential work. New construction is not really one thing we've ever chased after or went after too much. Nice. Well, yeah. and that is, and you touched on it briefly. I think the thing that a lot of people like to hear on these podcasts is it's interesting to see what the owner's role is as the company grows and changes. So Chad, you touched on it briefly, just sort of the things that you do. What's your day-to-day look like? Like what types of things are you taking care of in the um, business on day-to-day? Well, every day, uh, basically get to the shop, depending on what jobs we're working on for the day, if we're starting or ending a job, it's just getting the crew set up, whichever, you know, if if people are working on a two-week project, they kind of just meet at the shop, meet and greet as we do everybody, grab a coffee, whatever. 
grab whatever materials you need and go out. Other than that, if we are starting a new project, I find our crew leader for that job, go over what they're going to need, what the scope of work is going to be. And I'll even try and stop out there pretty early in the morning as they're starting that job to go over everything actually before they get going. On top of that, I work in estimates. I'm checking up on jobs as, you know, as we're kind of working as they're going and uh, just lunches, meetings, the day to day. Sounds busy, but it's, uh, I would say, a busier part of my days in the morning from, that's a heavier part of the day. I get a lot done here early at the office from five to seven while the crews are before they get here and show up. And then, you know, a lot of running until basically about one, two o'clock. My afternoons kind of slow down. Chris, what about you? What's your day-to-day look like as the owner of the business? So Monday morning, we meet at the office around 7 a.m. for our molehill meeting, we call it, where we'll go over the week's work lineup. We talk about wins, losses, improvements, uh, last week's successes. We'll have a brag board in the office here where I ask the team something that they've seen through the week without being told that benefited the job team or client. And then we put their name up on the board and celebrate it. Then we talk about some things we need to work on for this week and touch base on things that we're working on for the future. Meetings last around 30 to 45 minutes, and then I'm out in the field with them. About 40 to 50 hours a week, jumping between jobs where I'm most needed, training, um, some more the more specialty finishes. And I manage all projects and do all sales in the evening or weekends. I usually do between two and seven estimates a week, depending on the season. And uh, marketing, do myself daily, and I have a company run my website, SEO, SEM, all that stuff. Okay. You're definitely busy, and, and it sounds like both of you guys are out on the job sites. Lauren, what about you? Because you've, gosh, a year and a half been, and it seems like you've grown pretty quickly. What's your day-to-day look like? It's changed pretty recently. Our administrator actually came on two weeks ago, so I'm transitioning out of administrative work and giving myself, I really am on sales and marketing at a sort of level and sort of concentration that I have never had the chance to be. So that's been really exciting. My day-to-day is our leadership meetings are really important. So my PM, Billy, is over mm-hmm. all of our crews, whether they're in-house or sub-crews. He manages all of them. Connecting with him each day is really important. Same thing with my new administrator. We're still in like an onboarding phase. So it's kind of uh, day-to-day is not quite settled in for us, but he's taken over all invoicing and billing and getting to know our job costing functions so he can support Billy in the field and allow me to sell. So day-to-day is kind of like, I think there's a lot of pulse taking. There are some fires to put out at times. And as the owner, I'm very hands-on when there's an issue. I just really my employees are really important to me i really our subcontractors are the same like there's no job i won't do so if i need to run paint out to a site i will jump in and do that partly because there's just a good way of filling those holes when you're trying to keep your crews running smoothly and doing like making sure everyone works as a team and as a leader if you want to be like servant leader, like you do whatever is needed. And that allows other people to feel that level of this is how we need to work together. This is how we're going to win together. I'm not part of crew meetings. So really my time meeting with Billy, meeting with Aaron, and then I spend quite a bit of time 
marketing and selling. And I take all of our incoming phone calls for sales. So my availability to answer the phone and get back to people really quickly is very important to me. So that's, that's a good amount of each day right there. Chris, let's talk a bit about where we go from here. Are you in the process of downsizing? Are you hoping to grow? Are you right there in the sweet spot that you like the way things are now? What's the plan there at, at Mr. Yeah. Mole's painting? So I am looking to grow, but crock pot cooking, you know, like I, <laughs> I, I, I've been up and down about 12 employees, about three. It seems like you make the most money with three. Right now, I have um, two leaders within the company at the moment. My actual goal is to have the core four. So like four leads, 10 painters in the field, bringing in around 1.3 million at around 45% GP and around 14 to 17% net profit. I made a lot of mistakes before, like two years back, where I would hire too fast and hold on to them, thinking I could save the world, you know. And um, yeah, it's uh, just nice and slow, just taking it easy, inspiring my leaders and being hands-on with training and accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Lauren, how about you? What's your wish for the uh, the size of Apex Painting these days? With hiring my administrator, I've basically forced our finances to be, we, we basically have to do about 85K a month in revenue to support our overhead structure. And that is awesome. And it sounds terrifying, especially because I hired him just before winter started. But I wanted him, if you do EOS at all, he's an integrator, like business type, and I'm a visionary. And so after I hired Billy, having like an incredible PM was like the number one goal when I started my business. I knew that was the person I had to have. And then as soon as we've gotten healthy enough, I knew that the integrator was the next hire that would just change. It would change everything in my business and get us to a level that was really stable and could support us for many years. We can't get smaller this winter. Normally, you know, you naturally shrink a little bit. People kind of relax a little bit, take time off. The pressure's on and in the best sense. So yeah, so we're growing. I guess big picture, I really want to continue to hone in our residential painting side and then have a little more definition to our commercial side and probably have different crews for those. Right now, all three of our crews and our sub crews are doing mostly the residential repaints. So it's a very exciting time for us. And growth is, I keep being in the middle of it. We really haven't stopped growing. We're really young to be this size, which is great, but it's like, it's also, there's a lot of instability. There's no way around it. Like these guys like Chad have been doing this a long time. There's a lot of stability to growing slowly. The good thing about growing fast is you make mistakes and you learn and have to get up a lot faster. And I just kind of pushed our business to get to this size, partly because I didn't want the pressure of running a small business for a long time. It's a lot of pressure on one person. I like it. Well said. I applaud you on that for sure. That's biting off a chunk to hire kind of top heavy and get people going there, but get things organized. So, you know, I give you a lot of credit for that. I understand Chris too at the same time, because when I first started, I was painting, I was out in the field. So I was kind of just going to where what was needed most, just focus on more of some of the specific 
things that we were working on or where I was most needed. But then I was just kind of doing too much and ruptured a disc in my back. I was working during the day, doing estimates at night, and I was changed. I'd go home, shower, change, come home, you know, because to me, I believe service industry is something that's we've kind of just lack in the painting industry. I feel like there's a lot of painters, but there's not a lot of business owners in the trade. So they got to kind of educate. Some people just don't ever want to grow. They just want to make a steady living for themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But it was just it kind of naturally was forced upon me because I realized I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. I can't physically do this and go do estimates. I'm going to have to hire people out. And um, luckily got some people that came along with me who, when I was in the union with, had done their own business and things. And they just were like, look, we don't want you in whites. Our job is to just keep you busy, keep you selling. And we just want to paint and, you know, we know what we're doing. So that was a big part of us and helping us grow. I think that was about our five-year mark. Ever since then, we've added about one or two employees a year. We hit that same kind of thing, deal with that same problem Chris deals with, where we've been up to 12. Mm-hmm. We're at nine right now. And I have a lot of people in the same thing. Lauren's talking about too. I feel like I'm kind of jumping everywhere. Um, we're coming into winter time. So I've had a lot of people reaching out wanting jobs, but I take pride in keeping everybody busy that we have and getting them 40 yeah. every week. So mm-hmm. I do want to be ready for spring because we already have about 30 on the books for spring. So, you know, the sooner we can get to them, the faster we can turn them. That pushes me harder to sell and be able to sell more than what we did this year. But I think we can definitely do get there with that growth. Do you hire in the, uh, like in the spring as well, like college kids or something to help you sand, sand big. We do. Um, I've tried a couple of younger people. A couple of them have worked out. That's what we want to do is we need to get our team younger. Right now, we average between 30 and 55 on our team right now. So we would like to get a couple of people in their 20s just because, you know, it might be 10 years, 15 years from now. But a couple of the people that are in their 50s, 55 are going to be working their way out. So we definitely need to get younger, but at the same time, it seemed like we would hire two or three and we would spend a little bit too much time sometimes trying to give people an opportunity. And now it's to the point yeah. where I'll give you, you get about a week or two weeks. We know pretty fast if it's going to work out. If not, it's just a loss and more of a headache and pain on my part to chase you around or have the foreman or crew leader dealing with you or me having to hear them complain about them not being happy with what they're getting out of them. So what I've found is most of our jobs, it's best about Two to four people per job, really three is about standard. Mm-hmm. You get too many more than that. You get somebody twiddling, thumbing it up and, you know, you mm-hmm. get less than that. You get down to two people and people feel that pressure of trying to get this done and yeah. get it done in a timely manner. So, you know, like I said, we're at nine now. I think if we can add a couple more teams next year, I think we'll definitely have even more growth than what we've had this year. Lauren, I'm curious for you because, you know, like you said, you, you hired on here. You kind of put the pressure on right before winter started. What's your plan for keeping sales up as we go into December, January, February? Yeah, I've been really fortunate up until now that basically all of our work has been organic. We have a really strong word of mouth reference system going because we've just held the bar at quality since I started. And when you live in a rural area with lots of small little towns. People don't Google as much as they would in cities. They talk. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of referrals and they're very meaningful, which is great. And then we definitely hit the ceiling of our organic marketing, bringing in as much as we can. And then I, I'm doing Facebook and Google ads to take our winter work to where we want it to be. I'm actually sitting in my car right now because we have a job here at a lake house 
mm, I think I just knocked 20 doors in the neighborhood, introduced That's myself cool. and talked with a few homeowners about their painting needs and our color consultations. I'm interested to see, you know, I'm going to like do the data. Like I spent this much time knocking doors that I get a job. If I get a job out <laughs> of it, it'd be totally worth it. But just basically throwing wide the, what are all the ways to sell? And, and I love, I love networking and people. Luckily I'm like a hundred percent extrovert or else I would hate my life. So <laughs> it's everything. I'm paying for some Google and Facebook ads. I'm actually designing them now. They are not live, which I'm way behind in my schedule for that. So people who are smart are doing those in like September and October and getting their winter work laid out. I'm about six weeks out in work for a large team and that has to push out further. But I cold called contractors yesterday, connected with a GC an hour away that has something they want us to bid. I just go crazy. I just do all the things. I think limiting beliefs are like the biggest thing with selling. And I'm like a ridiculous optimist. So I just think like, it's all going to work. Like everything I do is going to move the dial and it kind of does, but I do feel the pressure that I'm taking a challenge. I really haven't given myself before, but I have the support to do it. I have an excellent PM who's just killing it in the field with all my crews. And I have now an administrator who's going to do all the things that I am the worst at in my business. He's going to actually do them really well. And so I feel like it's like getting teed up in golf, like the ball's teed up for me. So all I have to do is hit it. (laughs) So, so yes, it's like terrifying and it's also exciting to like have this before you and be like, I'm a supernatural salesman. Okay. Now I have to really deliver for my team in a way I never have. I'm a competitive athlete. So I find that super exciting. And yeah, sometimes I wake up and feel terrified at what I've made for myself. And then that goes away and you take your courage and say, let's do this. <laughs> nice. Well then, so it sounds like sales is the place that you're the most comfortable. Would you say as the company continues to grow? Is it the administrative? What pieces are you trying to get rid of? Yeah. Admin is first because I hate numbers and spreadsheets. I mean, I love numbers. I want someone to give me data all the time as a business owner. I just don't want to have to create those. My strength is as a people person, as connecting, building. I mean, I sell trust. So every day I'm meeting people and helping them see that we're a different kind of paint company. I find that being a woman owner and salesperson often is a great advantage. I I work with a lot of wives and homeowners who um, the woman is the one that I'm working with on the job and they love working with me. I'm not saying a guy can't do this well, but we all know that contractors have a reputation for kind of bad communication. So I over communicate and I know I'm a wife. I have a house with kids and like I relate to women in the house really well and really easily that's definitely my wheelhouse and like I guess kind of our brand so that's where I want to be I was PM for a year and I do miss being on site with the crews like that's probably the hardest thing to let go and I would just add like as Chad was talking about this and how much courage it takes for contractors to delegate work that they're really good at 
to other people and trust them with that in their business. I just feel like that's, that's hard. People don't recognize that enough. And like, I'm not an experienced tradesman and I feel this because my eye for quality is really high and I've learned the process and I've had to delegate all of that and just trust people to represent me on the job site. And so I can't imagine for someone like Chad or Chris where you're like the best painter on site and then you're giving over that, you're trusting your team and your leaders with your name and your business. It's a huge thing and it's also a huge win. And so I think that's sometimes the thing that is, takes a lot of courage. And when it works, I think it's like everybody wins in a big way, including the owner. Yeah. Well, that is, so to that point, exactly. Chris, how about you? As you grow, what um, pieces of the business are you looking to get rid of or what's your favorite part that you want to keep? Um, it'll most likely be training. You know, that's what takes up most of my mental strength and my day. As much as I love teaching the craft, I think it's much better for team culture to retire that hat first and help inspire the young leaders that I have to be able to do that, you know. That's a good point, too, because it also creates a career path for your really strong painters. What piece do you want to keep? Um, I guess I really love sales. I do love everything that I do, you know, from preparing a project plan and meeting new clients and creating my own marketing. Like it, it all excites me. I'm really passionate about it. So at the moment, everything. I love what I do. I love getting up in the morning and doing what I love best. I just feel like training is, um, that's the one that takes the most of my mental strength. You know, yeah. that's the, the, the most of my, uh, my time for all the day. Chad, how about you? Which pieces are you looking to hold on to and which pieces are you trying to let go of? Uh, I don't know if I'll ever be able to let go 100%, but I would say where I'm going to be looking at next is obviously it was giving up the painting part. I think next is is giving up the estimates. I don't get me wrong. I love running. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I used to just love listening to music and riding around in the car, you know, getting a new CD. So to me, driving, listening to music, like that's I don't mind it. It's part of doing estimates, keeps me out. I'm like out of the, I hate sitting in the office. I want to be on site, see what's going on, things like that. But that'll wear you out just like anything else. Um, just like physically working will. We kind of cover about an hour radius around Evansville. So we go from Owensboro to Kentucky, Mount Vernon, Newburgh, Indiana, Jasper, which are all small towns, about a half hour, 45 minutes around us. And, uh, Seems like when you get projects going in different places, if you're trying to check on every one and do three or four estimates in a day, I mean, I don't get back to the office till two o'clock sometimes and I haven't stopped moving since then. So especially in the summertime and the peak of our season. So I think my next step is probably trying to find somebody to come in and do some of that. Good thing is we got a lot of knowledge and skill in our crew leaders. So there is plenty of times I can step away for a week or two weeks. And I have crew leaders here that can that can manage things while I'm gone. I can just kind of go ahead and give you the, the the next week's project or the you know a couple weeks ahead, whatever that they're going to be working on. Get supplies ready, things like that. Take them out to the job site, walk them through. So there's times I can walk away, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I love painting. I love the trade. I love the gratification of getting up and doing this for myself and for all these people every day. Uh, but at the same time, you get you can get tired. You can get burnt out. So 
you know, you got to take time off for yourself and, and uh, do different things. So I think eventually letting go of the estimating part or finding somebody else at least to help me. So I don't have to be everywhere as much and don't have to close as much. That'll probably be the next thing we're going to do. We're actually looking at a meeting or lunch meeting right before this. We've got a friend down in Florida who's trying to get us down there doing some work. And that's always been one of my goals is to get somewhere where it's warm. So I don't have to battle the, as I call it, the Midwest shuffle of snow and sun and up down weather is it above freezing below freezing is it going to snow is it going to rain if we could get somewhere where it was warm and and i can sell 12 months worth of work non-stop and we don't have to battle that that's always been a goal of mine so we're uh, actually going to be making a trip down to florida the next couple of weeks to meet with them and see if maybe we can get a crew going down there with some things chad chad that is there. so brilliant i just want to say i love that so much I appreciate it. The hustle and grind like every, like we all have. So, I mean, there's a lot of respect mutual for what you guys do to you as well. So we've just kind of went through the, a lot of the problems organically and naturally as we've grown. So I think some people that like you that are just willing to bite off a big chunk and go after it like that, I extremely applaud you because um, I don't know if my stress levels would be able to deal with that. So, I mean, and it, but it pushes you to another length. And I think that's what a lot of people got to do to get better anyways, is just push yourself. You know, I think we're a lot more capable of things than what we give ourselves credit for. And when you put yourself on the spot, you really find out what you're made of. So I think you'll do just fine with it. But like I said, that just wasn't our route. That wasn't where I was going when we started. It was just, uh, like I said, just make a better living for myself and, you know, one thing just kind of led to another where, okay, now we're going to need more people. Now we're going to have to focus more on marketing, advertising, and branding. So we've kind of organically built a name in our own town where people know our, know me, they know our company, they know our employees at this point in time. So I'm starting to, you know, want to share these guys on projects that they've worked on because people know, oh, hey, that's Sam. He worked on mine or, you know, it's a small town kind of like where you guys are from. So, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that goes a long way. And Word of mouth is the, some of the best advertising you can do still to this day. Yeah. I really like how all the different ways you can do it. I like seeing guys who were one or two man crews and the, the way that you can talk the same language and you can come at it from different ways and come to the same. I actually think it, it speaks to the freedom of our trade that you can come in more like me, like a business person without a lot of skill, or you can come in as a craftsperson and build it from there. It's it's cool that there's many ways of entry. Yeah. You kind of had that business mindset starting it more of that for a business. And when I kind of started, we're like, I'm a painter and kind of yeah. had to evolve into a business person. Yeah. I realized and that's where, cause that's yeah. where I learned a lot of the weaknesses were here in our town was there's a lot of painters, but there's not a lot of people savvy enough in business. They don't do marketing. They don't do advertising. Their vans yep. look simple and plain and you forget about it as soon as they drive by. Yeah. You know, so, so you got to separate yourself. So final question along that same lines of sort of the quality of life type thing under the category of, you know, are you running your business or is the business running you? Let's talk about the work-life balance. Do you feel that, that you've got a good handle on the business? Meaning you're not, the business might be where you want and you, you love it and you love what you do, but man, I wish I could do this without, 70 hours a week or 60 hours a week or whatever it is. So Chris, let's start with you. How are you as far as satisfaction of how much time you're putting in and your ability to take time away if that's what you want? Well, well I've just had a, just had a, another baby. That's number four right there. So we have nice. um, a five month old. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, building quite the tribe here. 
um, have a five-month-old, a six-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a ten-year-old. And um, yeah, between running the painting business and being on the local fire department here, I don't really have much spare time. I mean, I'm home every night around five, six o'clock and most weekends. We've been doing weekly family meetings inspired by the one and only Jason Paris. What's cute about it is that each week one of the kiddos will stand up and say what the purpose of the family meeting is, you know. So they'll, they'll proudly say the purpose of our family meeting is to have open and honest, frequent communication to help us be the best <laughs> versions of ourselves. It's so cute, you know, but we go over things like um, favorite part of last week, personal financial goals and how they plan to reach them, something they're most proud of. And then we'll have everyone solicit a compliment to two family members of their choice, you know. We're on week 35 at the moment, was yesterday, yeah, week 35. And it just becomes so much more powerful over time. Like the confidence and the things that we learn are so incredible, you know, and huge kudos to Jason Paris for this, you know. Um, I love it. And the next time I'm passing through Bemidji, I hope it can coincide with a family yeah. meeting because I'm going to invite myself to that puppy. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Back to the question, I, I, I feel like I'm working more than I want to, but I know that it's not going to be forever. And we have a plan as a family and we talk about it weekly within our goals. And then me and my wife communicate a lot with it as well, you know? So I think that's most important. Uh, I love as it. cliche as it sounds, you know, like no. communication is, is the biggest, yeah, it's the, the biggest thing. Like, hey, this isn't forever and right. this is how I'm going to make it not forever. Right. Yeah. But at the moment, I just need this little bit. I just need this time so I can help create leaders, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lauren, how about you? Are you, uh, are you satisfied with the effort it takes to keep your business where you want it? Yeah, I, I am, but it took a long time. I mean, the first year was, was absolutely nuts. And then I pushed us to these points, you know, for that reason, not alone, but, but maybe definitely first was I always say like, I'm not a 25 or 30 year old man. I'm a wife. I've, we've got five kids. My husband has a very busy career, completely separate from painting. He doesn't have anything to do with my business. So creating a business that worked for our family. That was, I also have four boys. So that's one reason painting is such a natural, natural place for us is that it is a family business and like they love coming to the shop. And, and so there was a real strategy to that, doing something that they could do with their hands, work life business. I mean, the great thing about business ownership is that there's no excuses. It's what you want to make of it. And it's, like there's, there's no one to blame. You're not part of any machine. If your work-life balance sucks and like you don't like spend enough time with your spouse, it's your stupid problem. And I love that about it. I love the accountability. I love that it's like when things are my fault and I screw stuff up, it's on me. Like I'm running, I'm running this thing. And then work-life balance is also personal. I'm a worker bee. My husband knows this. He encouraged me to start a business because he knows if I don't have something to do, I will like be mischievous. And <laughs> um, <laughs> like, that's like, kind of, it's like kind of true. It's like a true conversation. Like put it all into one basket. Like Chris Mole, this guy's a worker bee. Like he's not going to sit down 
and just hang out for like days and days. He's got to like work with his hands and like get stuff done. So yes, I love, (laughs) (laughs) I love work-life balance challenges and I don't think they're ever going to end. And I also think it's important to, so yes, agency to say, how do I want my days to look? And the ownership of saying, how do I want that to be? And how am I going to make that happen? No excuses. Then also the contentment to say like, dang, I've got such a good life. I am so freaking blessed. Like I get to do the coolest thing. So even if you're working a little more than you want, the fact that we live in a country where I can just start a business, I didn't even have to get a license. And I just like started taking paint customers and the kind of freedom. That's just incredible. So that's my long, it's awesome. And take a hold of your work-life balance and just own it, own where you are and get your family on board. Because sometimes you do go through a phase. We all have this where your spouse says, it's going to be a grind for the next year. And you say, okay, let's do it. Like, let's do it together and just make sure you're on the same page with like why you're doing what you're doing. Love the enthusiasm once again, just like, uh, just like Chris hitting on the communication. Chad, how about you wrap it up for us? What are your thoughts on this topic? Uh, man, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm happy with my balance in life right now, especially with the, the amount of work we're putting out, what we're getting done, what we're capable of doing in the future. I keep my Fridays open. I don't schedule any estimates or anything like that. Don't schedule any meetings. I try and keep my Fridays open for catching up on stuff. If there's stuff need to be done around the office, just extra meetings, marketing, meeting with the guys or stuff I can do with them to maybe make their day a little better or a little joyous or lighter. Or like I said, I, I like to go to the lake too. So some of the summertime, you're going to catch me. You watch my story. I'm probably at the lake on Friday already, but it wasn't always like that. I'll say within the last two or three years, we've kind of turned a page where I've had more freedom to be able to do things like that. But that takes time and growth and getting the right people in position in place to do their jobs, which will make your job easier in time. But I always want to grow. I always want to keep challenging myself. I'm like, like Lauren and Chris, I don't want to sit stagnant. I like to challenge myself. And if I, if I'm not doing something, I feel like I'm doing something wrong because there's always something you can be doing when you, when you own a business for one, two. So I do stay busy a lot, but yeah, no, I, you know, I have, I don't have a team like you guys have, but I have one son. So, but family <laughs> life is important to me and uh, spending time with him, you know, as much as possible, even while he's young, very important to me. So. Yeah, I love spending time with family. I love going to the lake with him. I love, you know, to fish, just jump in the water, pick up rocks and throw them in the lake. Heck that's, yeah, man. That's, a, that's stuff that's important to me and, and what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do it for. So nice. You know, I get to I take that. my crew and a family and a lot of other people to enjoy things like that too and do stuff like that. Just tell anybody that's out there listening, just keep grinding. Like these guys were saying, set some goals, set some ways you're going to get there, how you're going to do it. And, uh, just keep one foot moving. Network too. It's one thing we didn't touch on as well as networking and how important that is. I mean, me and Lauren just came from a, um, an Ask a Painter retreat where we met with a bunch of painting contractors from all the way around. I mean, from even Canada and, and yeah. all the way around the state. And it's, and it's huge. It's been a huge part of the success of my company. You know, I learned a lot of things. I have great mentors, best friends. I mean, I even have a, yeah. a, a godfather to my son, you know, that, I, that is a painting contractor, Chris Elliott. Like uh, it, you build these very close relationships with 
people that you just don't seem to find in your area, you know, they're not really cut from the same cloth. I love it. This is why we want to do the podcast. I said it before, this is why APC exists because it's such a great field. It's such a great opportunity, such a great trade. And we want to shine a light and spotlight the people who love what they do because this is a form of networking. So if you need to pick me up, if you need the goose your day, and you want to hear from people who love what they're doing and some details as to what they do and, and why they love it, that's why we do this podcast. Lauren Fink of Apex Painting in Hillsdale, Michigan, Chris Mole, Mr. Mole's Painting, Bemidji, Minnesota, and Chad Turpin, Turpin's Painting, Evansville, Indiana. Thank you all for being on the podcast. What a breath of fresh air. Heck yeah. Thank you for oh. having me. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you guys so much. Such great stuff. And we're heading into the holiday season. So if you're wondering what to get Emily Howard, here's what she wants. When you get the email, when you get the notification to resubscribe, to renew your subscription, say yes. I appreciate and value the incredible hard work by Miss Emily Howard and renew your subscription. And wow, what a gift that would be. Thanks for listening to Paint Radio, everybody. Go to paintmag.com for more resources and just keep having a great day. We'll see you next time.